I've been thinking about uh, this topic, a connection with the Lord. And I was asking myself a lot of questions, but one question that I could not fully answer was, well, the Old Testament saints seemed to have a special connection with the Lord. I mean, think about men like Moses, Elijah, Abraham, David, ladies like Ruth, Esther. And I just asking myself, like, what is wrong with us New Testament saints? Why, why don't we have the same connection with the Lord? Someone may argue, maybe Judas, okay, walked with the Lord, that's something else. But what's wrong with us? Do we live in the wrong timeline? Is um, a special connection with God even possible? Like, let's answer the question. Like, what is wrong with us New Testament saints? So, ladies and gentlemen, what do you think? Share your answers in the chat. Go ahead. Um, what is wrong with us New Testament saints? Why don't we have that special, special connection with the Lord? What do you think? Um, would like to know your answers. Go ahead. Well, um, Shaka has some interesting thoughts here. He says, we're easily caught up in the business of life and that's not spending as much time with God. Is it true? What do you think, David? Are we that busy? Um, when I think about it, it's true. I mean, our definition of busy is uh, is uh, going to work and stuff. But if you think about it, those men really did some really hard work. I mean, they didn't go to the supermarket to buy stuff. They literally grew the stuff in the backyard supermarket. Um, but it's true. We are so, we are busy most of the time, and uh, we barely can find an hour uh, for God in the morning. Now, Grace, is there a possibility that the reason we feel this way is because we do not see the Lord physically? I mean, like the apostles did. I'm just asking. I mean, it feels like a long distance relationship. It's there, but we can't see him. Could that be the reason? Let's try and get to the bottom of this. I mean, why is there a difference between our relationship with God and what these men had? Um, well, we have to really think about it. Solomon says, the misguided concept of grace. Hmm. Hmm. The misguided concept of grace. Is that why we don't have a connection? Um, Peter Surgeon says, Christ's death meant that we can now go to God anytime. Is it that we're waiting and waiting? We want to go to him only on Sunday or we want to go to him only okay. you know, in the morning or in the evening? Yeah, he makes a great point. Then saying we can go to him anytime, anytime. I think that's the beginning of realizing what we have as believers. There's an interesting quote um, by Spurgeon. Um, this is what he says, and I quote, um, in reading a gracious book or in engaging in private devotion or in coining, um, I'm sorry, in coming into uh, the great assembly of God's house, our chief question should be, where is the Lord God of Elijah? For if we do not find him in all these things, what have we found? Nothing. Or if, or we have um, just mere like husks, whereas the precious priceless kernel is lost to us. I don't know. The words sound hard. Maybe I can simplify. It's mm. like attempting to eat groundnuts, eh? like g-nuts. Mm. And you lose the g-nuts and you're left with the shells, eh? the husks. Mm. The, as in that's all you're holding and yet the good stuff is gone. So he's implying that uh, if I'm reading a good book, if I'm encouraged, I mean, in gaining, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm engaging in a private devotion or I'm assembling at church, the question should be, where is God? And, where is God? Yeah, and, and if we yeah. don't find him, I mean, what have we found? 
I mean, it's going to church for nothing. It's being in this devotion for nothing. And so I think the question he's asking there is, where is God if we can't find him in the things that we do in trying to find that relationship uh, with him? And it continues, it continues. He says, mm. um, I wish that we always felt in prayer that we were praying until we found the God of prayer. Um, I wish that in our singing, we would always feel that we had not truly praised God at all unless our song had found him and every note in it had one of his attributes to sing. Amen. Actually, that, that reminds me of the conversation we keep having here at home while listening to some uh, music. I mean, there's music that just simply talks about me talks about me and uh, I, I, without mentioning names, you know those uh, types of, uh, they're supposed to be, yes, gospel songs, but then there are psalms that just talk about God, like hymns that talk about how awesome God is. And, and that's a question that we need to think about, that even as we worship, as we pray, when we are done, have we, have we found God in that sense? Is God that far off, David? Um, well, maybe we're the ones who have left. Are we the ones who have left? I don't know. If you think about it, it there's, there's a sense in which sometimes we drift off. And uh, let me read for you a passage here in First John, chapter one, in verse five to ten. It's a famous passage. You know it. And when we get to verse nine, you you will get to understand how famous this passage is. It's under quotes that uh, that I quote in verse five. It says, "This is the message we've heard from him and proclaim to you." that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So we can't claim fellowship mm -hmm. and yet walk in the darkness. We lie and we don't practice the truth. But it says if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Now, it's interesting he's bringing fellowship with one another, not just fellowship with God. And uh, the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But it says if we confess our sins, mm -hmm. he is faithful and just to forgive us Amen. of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. Well, at this point, let me play for you this song uh, by Matthew West that says, the God who stays. Enjoy the song. I think it speaks volumes concerning what we're trying to talk about. If I were you, I would have given up on me by now. I would have labeled me a lost cause. Cause I feel just like a lost cause. If I were you, I would have turned around and walked away. I would have labeled me beyond. Cause I feel like I'm beyond repair Oh, but somehow you don't see me like I do Somehow you're still here You're the God who stays You're the God who stays You're the one who runs in my direction When the whole world walks away You're the God who stands With wide
I used to hide Every time I thought I'd let you down Always thought I had to earn my way But I'm learning you don't work that way no. Cause somehow you don't see me like I do Somehow you're still here You're the God who stays You're the God who stays You're the one who runs in my direction When the whole world walks away You're the God who stands With a wide open arms And you tell me nothing I have ever done Could separate my heart from the God who stays My shame can't separate my guilt Can't separate my past Can't separate I'm yours forever My sin can't separate my scars Can't separate my failures Can't separate I'm yours forever No enemy can separate No power of hell can take away Your love for me will never change I'm yours forever Cause you're the God who stays You're the God who stays You're the one who runs in my direction When the whole world walks away You're the God who stands With wide open arms And you tell me nothing I have ever done Could separate my heart from the God who stays You're the God who stays You're the one who runs in my direction When the whole world With wide open arms And you tell me nothing I have ever done Could separate my heart from the God who stays Amen, the God who stays Wow, I think it's amazing that that connection That when we come to Him It's a connection that will last forever And if you're listening and you, you don't have that connection I really pray that the Lord will just lead your heart to seek out that connection, that you would check your connection. We were here all day and David was plugging in connections, but I hope you will check your connection with the Lord. Well, tonight we'll have, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Chris Stout sharing from God's Word tonight. Um, if you have a question, just go ahead and write it down. If you're wondering your connection you know, with the Lord and questions come up, just write it down from the things that you're hearing. And I will ask Chris to answer some of that as well. But tonight, welcome with me, Mr. Chris Stout. Welcome to the show. Good evening, Grace and David. How are you? <laughs> We're it's, very well. It's awesome to have you. Well, thank you so much. Well, you, you've been talking about, I, I serve here with Word of Life in our international ministries. And that's why it's such a blessing to be able to to connect with people from all over the world. And, and Uganda is one of my just favorite places to visit and all across Africa. What an amazing continent. And um, David and Grace are fantastic hosts. And 
even better people. And so I appreciate the opportunity just to share a couple minutes. This is kind of a Devo. You know, this is like we the cabin in the cloud is because the idea is, you know, before we before we turn off the lights, before we head to bed, even in our camps all around the world, we just want to take a moment and think about God, you know, and even David talked about that, the night watch, thinking about God and his word. And we've been talking about being connected. And, you know, David and Grace asked that great question, you know, so why does it seem that the Old Testament saints had this better connection with God than we do? And and we, we could be tempted to think that. We could be tempted to think that. But really, the the idea is that when we look at the Old Testament, well, we have to remember this. We're kind of seeing a highlight reel of people's lives um, to a certain extent. We're not seeing all of the highs and the lows. We see a lot of highs and we see a lot of lows, but we're seeing it in a very condensed, condensed time. So, you know, you know, you, you watch a, a, a football game, you watch a football game, you, you just see the highlights, you see the goals that are scored, or you see the crazy, I don't know if any of you saw that goal that didn't get scored by that guy, the poor guy that's being roasted, I think all over, I think he plays in Spain or something like that, who missed the goal from two inches in front of it. But these are the, you see the highs and the lows, but it's in a condensed version. But really in the Old Testament, I would argue that the Old Testament saints, now yes, Adam and Eve, I mean, remember Adam and Eve walked in the garden with God. They walked and they talked with him like you and I are talking even right now. But after the fall of Adam and Eve, that relationship, that special relationship with God was broken and people were seeking to try to restore that relationship all throughout the Old Testament, but it was never truly fully restored until Jesus died and rose again and he ascended into heaven. And he said, when I leave, I'm going to send you the comforter, the Holy Spirit, who will actually not just walk next to you, but will live inside of you. And so I would argue, and I believe that God says very clearly, the connection that you and I today can have with Jesus, with God himself, the creator of the universe, is the closest and the greatest it could ever be since the time of Adam and Eve. And, and that is because we have the Holy Spirit, God himself, who lives inside of us and fills us. And, and so we hear a lot today about being connected. We've talked about the Old Testament. We've talked about uh, that connection that they have. And we hear a lot today about being connected. And because of COVID and our lack of connection, um, you know, we, we haven't been able to have a lot of things. We haven't been able to have some physical camp or maybe physical church or or maybe haven't had physical school. Right now we're struggling with that here in the United States. Do kids go to school or not? And, and I'm not sure what it looks like in the world that you're living in right now, but there's a lot of things that have become disconnected. But we're also talking today about constantly being connected, right? We're connected constantly by social media. We're, we're connected by our phones. And now this new form of connection, this virtual connection that we have has exploded. And, and here we are tonight on this live podcast, this live radio show connected um, virtually all across the world we can be. But let's read a couple of verses real quickly from the Bible that talk about what it means to be truly connected. And so if you if you want to look, look in your Bible real quick or you just listen to these verses, John 15, 1 to 5. John 15, 1 to 5, the Gospel of John. This is Jesus who says this. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. 
In verse four, he says, abide in me, John 15, four, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, verse 5. I am the vine, Jesus says. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. This passage that we just read is all about connection. It's about being connected to Jesus. So even though our connection with Jesus is not a physical connection, right? Because we've never touched Jesus. It's not a virtual connection because we've never seen Jesus. At least virtually today we can see people. But it is much deeper than either of those. It is a spiritual connection, a soul connection. Why is that? Because we are connected to the vine, to the main source of life. That, think about that vine. Remember, when Jesus is talking about a vine, he's talking about, think about a trunk of a tree, for example. That might be easier. if you. That trunk is what goes down in those roots, and then the branches are connected to that. But without that, that trunk right there is the source. Those roots in that trunk that comes out of the ground is the, is the source of life. And Jesus is that vine, that main trunk. And so look at the stunning statement again, though, in verse 5. And this is incredible. I, this, this statement is probably one of the statements in all of the Bible that has made the greatest difference in my entire life. So I would encourage you to memorize this verse and at, at the very least memorize this statement. He says this. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. And here's the statement. For apart from me, this is Jesus saying this, apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. That's the whole point. When we're not connected to Jesus, we are not connected to real life. And we can do nothing. Nothing. We can't do anything would be the other way of saying it. But we we can do nothing if we are separated from Jesus. So being connected and here here's the point for tonight. Being connected to Jesus brings power, brings power. I want you to remember that word. Now, what you can't see is in my hand right now. I have a branch. All right. I, I have a little branch, a piece of wood and this branch is no longer connected to the tree or to the vine. And so as a result, this branch that I'm holding in my hand, it can do nothing. Guess what? It can't grow any bigger. It can't grow any stronger. It can't get any thicker. It can't produce fruit. It can't produce leaves. It can't do anything. In fact, the only thing that this branch that I have in my hand right now can do is to wither away and become dry and weak and break. And so this is what Jesus is trying to tell us about our lives with this illustration. He, when we are not daily, when we're not daily, constantly connected to him, we can do nothing. We are weak. We are powerless. But guys, as you listen tonight, that the tragic tragic truth is that is the way that many 
many, I hesitate to say most, but many Christians today live their lives every day. Disconnected from the source of life and of power. Trying to do it on their own. And guess what, guys? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Eventually, you get burned out. When you try to live the Christian life on your own, disconnected from the power of Jesus, you know what happens? Nothing. And as a result, you know what you do? You try and you try and you get burned out, which, by the way, is the only thing a dead branch is worth for, right? The only thing a dead branch is worth is to burn. And that's what you'll do. You will burn and you will burn out if you're not connected to the source, which is Jesus. But as Christians, you know, it's not just that. We, we got we to gotta bear fruit, right? We, we, we need to show fruit. We understand that. Uh, in Galatians 5, we hear about the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all those things. But the only problem is we're not connected to the source. And so if we're not connected to the source and my branch is just sitting here withering away dry, I have no power. So what do I need to do? Well, you know, what can we do? Now, you don't see here, I have something else in my hand right now. I have a, a beautiful, beautiful peach. All right. It's, it's just, I don't know if you, I, I don't even know if they have peaches in Africa. If they don't, I Believe me, if you have, if you can ever even eat a peach, a good juicy peach, it's one of the greatest fruit in the world. My personal favorite fruit is the mango, and we don't have a lot of mangoes here in the states, unfortunately. But next to that is a peach, and I've got this peach in my hand, and it's just the right size, it's just the right color. But there's only one problem. Listen, it's fake. It's plastic. It's not a real peach. And this is what happens to a lot of Christians. Since we're not connected to the power source, the vine, Jesus, we have to try to make our own fruit. And so we have this, we're, we're this little branch that's disconnected from the vine. And I'm like, but I, I'm, so, I'm a Christian, I'm supposed to bear fruit. But I can't bear fruit because I'm just disconnected to the vine. So what do we do? We try harder. We try to make our own fruit. We try to get along with people. We try to love people. We try to be patient. But you know what? In the end, really, a lot of it is just fake. It's fake, just like that. But this is the glorious part. This is what I want to leave you with. If we will be connected to Jesus every day, every hour, Every minute, if we will talk to him and listen to him, we have power. And that power produces real fruit. Now, listen, I'm not talking about some crazy, fake, supernatural, superhero power that maybe some of, the, some of these preachers out there are talking to you about. That's not, the, that's not real power. This is power that is on the inside. This is power that comes from the filling and indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God in my life. That, you know what the greatest miracle 
the greatest miracle that we see today in the lives of anybody is when we see real love, real joy, real peace, real patience, real kindness, real goodness, real gentleness, real self-control. When you see those things in the life of a believer, that is the greatest power that you could ever witness. But we can't have that if we're not connected to Jesus. Because apart from him, we can do nothing. Apart from him, we are just a twig, a dry branch, useless, nothing to be burned, nothing but to be burned. We're just trying to, any fruit that we produce is just probably fake and plastic fruit. And it's so hard. And we're trying to push that fruit to come. We're trying to make it happen. And guess what? It doesn't work. And eventually people figure that out and people notice and eventually we burn out. But when I am connected to God every day, when I'm connected to the vine, that is the secret to the Christian life. You want to know what the secret of Christian life is? Connected daily to Jesus. Separated from the vine, the branch has no power. You, separated from Jesus, you have no power. But what does the branch have to do to bear fruit? All it has to do, this is the glorious part, guys. All the branch has to do to bear fruit. Do you want to bear fruit for God? Do you want to bear fruit for Jesus? All you have to do is stay connected to the vine. All you have to do is stay connected to Jesus because then what happens? The vine sends everything that the branch needs through himself to bear the fruit. Now it's not me just trying hard. It's God working in me and God working through me. How does that happen? Listen, that is the secret of the Christian life, connected daily to Jesus. And I'll just wrap up with this. I'll finish with this. When I was a 13-year-old boy, when I was a 13-year-old boy, I went to Word of Life camp. And it was there I understood three things. I understood that as a 13-year-old boy that God could use a teenager. God wanted to use me as a teenager. And if there's some of you that are listening out there tonight and you're a teenager, God wants to use you. He doesn't want you to waste your time as a 13 or 14 or 16 or 17 or 18-year-old. No, he wants to use you today. I learned that God wanted to use a teenager. I learned that I needed to share my faith with my friends. I learned that when I was at Word of Life Camp. But the other very important thing that I learned is that I needed to spend time every day in the Word of God, every day. And that the only way that I was going to survive, and not just survive my Christian life, but thrive in my Christian life, the only way that I was going to not just survive, but thrive as a teenager living for God is to spend a little bit of time at least every day in His Word. And that's why we talk about things like quiet time. So when I went home from camp, I didn't know what to do. I didn't have a physical journal or anything, but I grabbed my Bible. I grabbed Psalm 119 to start off with. And every day before I went to school, I took 10 minutes, 15 minutes. That's all. 10, 15 minutes with the Lord. And I just wrote down in my own words. I took a couple verses out of Psalm 119. And I, and I wrote in my own words what those verses were saying to me. And now what's amazing about Psalm 119 is that it, the entire Psalm is talking about the importance of the word of God. And so that just anchored that in my heart, my soul. And that is what kept me walking with Jesus. And that's what still keeps me walking with Jesus today. So listen, some of you, you feel powerless. If you feel dry and powerless in your Christian life, it is because most likely, though you are connected to Jesus in salvation, Though he has saved you, you are not connected to the vine in fellowship. And so as a result, you are just withering up. 
and you will never be able to bear fruit. Maybe that's in your ministry. Maybe you're a youth leader. Maybe you're a maybe you're a, a working in your local church. Um, maybe you're just a teenager trying to make it through, but you you don't feel alive. And the reason is is because you're not maybe really connected to Jesus in fellowship the way you need to be. Because when you do, that's where the power comes from. That's where the power comes from. Talking to God every day through prayer, listening to God every day in his word, talking about God with others as we share our faith with other people who need to hear. And that is where real fruit, real fruit comes from. And it takes all the pressure off because guess what? It's not me doing it. It's God doing it through me. It's not me doing it. It's God doing through doing it through me. So that is what I want to share with you tonight. The power of being connected, the power of being connected. Now there's something else that comes from being connected, but I'm not going to share that with you on this phone call, but maybe in another one. And that is what we see in verse two. And that is connected. Not doesn't just bring power, but it brings pruning, but maybe at another time I could talk with you about that one. So that's all I wanted to share with you for tonight. And uh, I don't know, David Grace, back to you but let me let me can i pray for everybody here real quick and father i just am so grateful for those that are listening and and i don't know where they are right now but i pray that number one if they've never been connected to jesus through salvation that that they would place their faith and trust in you alone to save them but lord i also pray that those that do know jesus as their savior that that tonight maybe they sense they're not as connected to you as they need to be that that they're kind of dried up, that there's not really a lot of fruit in their life. And I pray that they would reestablish that connection with you through your word and and then see your power flow through them to produce love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. And so we commit that to you, Lord, and we ask that you would fill us with that power in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, wow. Thank you so, so much. Without me, you can do nothing. Kind of sounds like Samson, David. What do you think? Well, when I think about Samson, um, the Bible does mention him getting up, and uh, when the Philistines came and he said, "I'll get up and and just tear these ropes like I did before." And uh, Grace, it reminds me of those moments where you're tired, uh, fatigued, and uh, someone earlier on here mentioned uh, being busy, and uh, you you. you you wake up late and you just don't have time for God that morning. And and, and there's that funny feeling you get, I'll, I'll get up and, and just carry on today like I did yesterday. And and we do not know that we are not in connection with God. But Chris, I'll ask you this one question. I know you're a busy man. And uh, I mean, thinking about international ministries and more, how, many, how many missionaries do we have as, as word of life? And, and being able to just give them direction and all the fields of what of life, it must be busy. But how do you find time to be with the Lord in the morning? Could you share with us some best practices, if I can use those words? I mean, how are you able, how are you able to um, have this thought and, and connection and conviction in your, in your heart to be able to say, um, I mean, in Africa here, I think it's Swahili where they say, come and buy and buy, meaning whatever comes, whether good or bad, uh, uh, this time is for God and nothing will take it away. How do you get that time with God? Absolutely. That, uh, that's a great question. I tell you, 
I think the key to it is routine, is finding a routine, a habit that works for you. So for me, for as long as I can remember, when I get up in the morning, you know something I do? Every morning I eat breakfast. I don't know about you, I gotta eat something. And so I get my cup of coffee and I get my piece of toast with peanut butter and jelly on it. That's my morning breakfast. And I sit down in my chair with my coffee and my toast and my Bible and my quiet time. And really my quiet time only, I maybe only spend 10, 15 minutes in my quiet time itself. Um, because to me, the quiet time is just kind of a thought that helps connect me to God and something that takes me systematically through the Bible. And then I take some time with my with my phone and I listen through the word of God. You know, some of you may be reading through the word of God seems like, oh, that's so hard. But what I do is you can find I have a I, I listen through the Bible and I kind of and I follow along and read it at the same time. And I find it even more engaging. Um, and then I get when I draw and I also and sometimes I flip it back and forth. Then I have about a 15 minute ride to drive to work. And when I drive to work. I'm either praying before I get in the car or and I'm listening to the Bible as I'm driving or I'm listening to my Bible and I'm praying while I'm driving. I do one of the two. I kind of flip it back and forth. And that's just a routine every single day before the rest of my day can start. Um, and if I if that doesn't happen, I just don't feel like I'm even really prepared for the day. So um, I think you've got to find a routine, find a habit. And that's what helps make it stick. Wow, thank you for that. Um, I think I can relate to just, you know, getting up and um, just, you know, thinking, okay, maybe I'll make it through. Maybe I'll, um, you know, I have to do this, I have to do that. And um, and yes, I can, I can remember times that I got up and said, you know, I'll make it through the day, I'll go on and um, you reach somewhere and, you know, you do things and you wonder, is that really me like you? You know, your kids do something and you raise your voice and you're like, eh, who is this? Like, what happened to me? <laughs> but then you remember, you know, you didn't check your connection. You did not spend time with him. And we've been talking about on Camp in the Cloud, just those murky days of COVID. And um, I think it's crucial for us to indeed take those minutes, like you've said. They're just and 10, Grace, 15. If, if yeah, I could, I'm sorry to interrupt. If I could, if, no, if I could just say this, I had a young man say to me the other day that, he had this, he had this big idea of if I can't spend an hour with God, or if I can't spend a half an hour, forty-five minutes, is it really worth it? I said, absolutely, it's worth it. So I just want everyone to remember this: something is always better than nothing. Something is always better than nothing. So even if you can only take five minutes, or ten minutes. Don't say, well, since I can't spend more, I won't. No, something is always better than nothing. Always take some time.